listener production. You, you, you got clear questions, we got clear answers. Hello, my beautiful friends. Welcome back to Come Out, wherever you are. It is Friday, and that means it's time for our favorite weekly segment, Queer Questions, where we dive headfirst into a topic that's relevant to the LGBTQIA community. We know that you've got queer questions, and you're in luck because we've got queer answers. You got queer questions, we got queer answers. On today's episode, we are going to be answering another listener question. The question is, why are the religious right so mad at Peppa Pig? If you don't have children, you might not be aware of, oh gosh, who am I kidding? You totally know about Peppa Pig. I'm Peppa Pig. This is my little brother, George. This is Mummy Pig. And this is Daddy Pig. Love it or hate it, it's a very popular British preschool animated television series created by Astley Baker Davies. The show follows Peppa, a slightly bratty anthropomorphic four-year-old piglet, and her family, Daddy Pig, Mommy Pig, and her little brother George, plus her peers, who are all portrayed by various animals like sheep and cats and zebras. The show first aired in May of 2004, And over the course of the last 18 years, the seven seasons have been broadcast in over 180 countries and translated into 40 different languages. They have books, a film, theme parks in the UK, in China, in the States, video games, and merchandise galore. You can't take more than a few steps out of your front door without tripping over something with Peppa Pig's face on it. So I think it's safe to say whether you wanted it to happen or not, Peppa Pig is a global phenomenon. But that doesn't mean that it hasn't come with some major criticism in the parenting community. The show's lead character is not the sweetest child in the world, I'd say. She often gets away with being quite rude, and her parents very rarely hold her accountable for it. Which has left some parents, myself included, not a very big fan of having it in rotation. The show has also attracted criticism for reinforcing gender stereotypes drawing disapproval from being overly focused on a traditional nuclear family. So mommy pig looks after the kids and daddy pig goes to work. The show has also been criticized for what is affectionately known as the Peppa effect, where children from other countries take on an English accent and parents find it really hard to fix it. Words like tomato, zebra, petrol, and mummy are often used from kids, say, living in Alabama. Biscuit instead of cookie and phrases like, oh dear, or can I have a go, are often picked up. And finally, the criticism that's most relevant to this podcast is that while the show has highlighted diversity in various forms, I mean, literally every family in the show is a different type of animal of various shapes and sizes from all around the world, and disability representation, they have Mandy Mouse, who is in a wheelchair. So even though all of that is true, the show is never in its 18-year history shown a same-sex couple. So while other children's shows have introduced same-sex couples like Arthur and DuckTales and She-Ra and the Princess of Power and Steven Universe and Adventure Time, Peppa Pig was standing there straight and very strong. A petition was circulated back in 2019 calling out the show. The show has won three BAFTAs. It's very popular, so petitions are going to be made. But this one featured a desire for there to be a same-sex couple. 
and the request garnered nearly 25,000 signatures, which may have played a role in the show's recent episode, which was titled Families. It aired on Tuesday, September 6th, and it saw the introduction of a lesbian couple, Penny the Polar Bear's two mothers. Here's what happened in the episode. Peppa Pig and her classmates are asked by their teacher, Madame Gazelle, to sketch pictures of their family to be put up on the classroom wall. Each student then takes turns introducing their family, describing their job and characteristics. Penny the polar bear sketches a portrait of her family, and she draws two female polar bears, both wearing dresses. And then she tells her classmates, I'm Penny Polar Bear. I live with my mommy and my other mommy. One mommy is a doctor, and one mommy cooks spaghetti. I love spaghetti. And then Madame Gazelle responds, lovely, Penny. Penny's mothers are also shown at the end of the episode arriving uh, with all the other parents to pick up their children after school is finished. And that's it. Plain and simple. No further discussion, no explanation needed, just Penny introducing her family like all of the other kids. There's no discomfort from Penny. There's no dramatic reaction from her classmates. Just a normal, uneventful moment. Because that's what it is. Normal and uneventful. Now, I'm sure you know if you've listened to this show for more than one episode how I'm probably going to feel about this. I really don't like Peppa Pig. I'm not going to lie to you about that. I don't let my kids watch it. But I'm also not naive to the show's reach, and I'm not naive to the show's popularity or its appeal. So I don't actually need to be a fan of the show to be a fan of the decision, and I'm a very big fan of the decision. I just think every show that targets young audiences should be considering how they are weaving in some type of diversity, even if it's just a little bit, And especially if you've had seven seasons of your show. Most of you know that I'm a gay father. I have boy-girl twins with my husband, Josh, and they just turned five. So yes, I'm a little bit biased here, but I really do know firsthand how impressionable Peppa Pig fans are, that exact age range. And so when you exclude same-sex families from popular shows like this, it's going to teach those impressionable young kids that only families with two parents of different sexes are normal. And then it's reinforced, right? When they flip from show to show to show, they're starting to see a pattern. And that pattern of straightness is everywhere they look in shows like Bluey and Ben and Holly. And I just think personally that those patterns are dangerous. It's dangerous if the child turns out to be queer, right? So they're growing up and they're not seeing themselves on TV. And so it just, it's scary for them, right? Because when they find out that they're queer, it's going to come as this huge shock, especially if they were unaware that that was even a thing. And let's say it isn't scary for them. Let's say they're supported by you, their parents, right? They still might think because of those patterns, well, I can't have kids because parenting is just for the straights. Hello, my parents are straight. Everyone I'm looking at TV is straight. And so if they want that for themselves, if they want to mirror you, their parents, if they want that life, if they want to raise kids, I just know that they're more likely to hide their truth and suffer in silence, all because they couldn't see themselves. This isn't a hypothesis, okay? Let me make that clear. This is a fact. This is exactly what happened to me and exactly what has happened to so many of my parenting queer peers. I always wanted to be a parent deep down inside. And when I realized that I was gay, I kind of desperately began searching for 
any glimmer of hope, any example of another queer parent. And I never saw them. I never saw them. Not until I was in my 20s. And that meant a constant internal battle, like this hatred of this, what I call the disease back then. That disease was going to stop me from having kids. So I thought. And my parents, God love them. They were so damn supportive. They just had no idea. They didn't have access to the script in my head. You don't have access to the script in your kid's head. So they're just thinking, here I am, plopping my kid down in front of a safe little harmless kid's show. I'm going to walk away and get some chores done. But little did they know, those shows were helping to kind of water a sad seed of doubt that I'd never be able to live this normal, fulfilling adult parenting life. It's also dangerous if those children come in contact with other queer families. So they don't have to be queer, but they move on through their life and they come in contact with queer families, which they are more likely to do more and more each year as gay families are having kids more and more. And they don't know, these kids, how to respond because they've never seen families like this before. So what do they do? What do young kids do when they see things that they don't know or understand? They point and they laugh or they stare, and it's out of discomfort, and it's totally fine. But then you as a parent who would like to raise a nice, empathetic, polite human, I would imagine, I would hope, you'd be very embarrassed, wouldn't you? I would hope that you'd be embarrassed. And then I guess it's also dangerous, like remove parenting from it entirely. These kids are at school on their own, and they come in contact with a fellow classmate who has gay parents, and because they have no experience with this, they laugh or they say something mean, and then bam, your child is the school bully. They're the bully in the narrative of that kid's life, and none of us wants to raise a bully. I'm sending my kids to kindy next year, and so this is just top of mind. Maybe I'm projecting just a little bit. Like, who will their classmates be? And who are the parents of those classmates? And how did those parents raise them? Do they know gay people exist, these kids? Do they know they can have kids? Do they know that not every family looks just like theirs? And if they don't, if they haven't been given that extremely simple gift, how are they going to react when they find out Stella and Cooper have two dads? I often get asked online from other parents, how can I best prepare my kids for meeting kids like yours? It's a really great question. And I usually say something on the lines of content, like go out and find books, go out and find TV shows, find movies, find videos, literally go on social media, look for queer content creators who have kids and show your children those videos. Find my videos and show your kids my videos because all they need is an example. That's it. One reference point. And then you can use that reference to discuss it more so that your children are more comfortable with it. It's as simple as that. I promise you, this is not a hypothesis. This is a fact that it is a lot easier to work through the issues like this in the safety of your home, in the comfort of your home with your own parents, where you feel safe asking questions that might, quote, be wrong. It is so much better to work through those issues with people you know and love and trust than having to do that in public for the first time with a complete stranger and maybe embarrassing yourself. Okay? It's dangerous. To not have representation, and that's all the reasons why. 
I'm not asking for a lot here. I'm not. I don't need every family and every children's television show to have same-sex parents. I don't. I don't need a full-blown episode character arc covering like six episodes and then every element of our lives is covered and how we're the exact same and how we would like to be interacted with. I don't need that, even though it'd be really nice. I just want popular shows with big reach to give an accurate representation of the world we live in, right? And I'm not alone in thinking this. The Australian Children's Television Culture's 2021 survey found that 90% of Australian parents believe diverse representation is an important element of children's TV. Why? Why is that? Why did 90% say that? Because whether you like it or not, whether you're religion tells you it's a sin or not, whether it uh, makes you as an adult personally uncomfortable or not. There are same-sex couples with children in your country. It's true. They're in your state and maybe your town and maybe on your street. And showing your kids that is gonna make their life easier as they come in contact with people who are different It's gonna happen. It is with or without your permission. The show does not have to have an opinion about it. They don't have to go in depth about it. They don't have to talk about same-sex sex. None of that needs to happen. That can occur when the kids are a little bit older and capable of digesting more complicated details. But at bare minimum, they should know that it exists. It's not that complicated. Because Peppa Pig, like any other children's show out there, it's not just entertainment. It isn't. It's being made for children, and therefore, it is inevitably being designed in some way, shape, or form for educational purposes, too. Diversity on screen helps children learn about people with different upbringings from their own. It expands their worldview. It increases the likelihood that they will have empathy for and curiosity about other people. So more diverse representation equals more empathetic kids equals a better future for all. Let's say it again. Diversity (laughs) equals empathy equals a better future for all. And that, my friends, is all I have to say on the matter. If you'd like to join the conversation, feel free to pop over to our Instagram page at come out wherever you are, and you can comment on our most recent post about this episode. And if you have a question you'd like us to answer in the coming weeks, feel free to slide into our DMs, or you can email us at come out to us. So come out, T-O-U-S at gmail.com. And hopefully we can answer one of your burning queer questions. Come Out Wherever You Are is presented by me, Sean Zepps. Our lovely producer is... Lindsay Grain. Our executive producer is... Lemma Bacharia. And we can't forget our audio producer... Chris Marsh. That's it. See you next week.